Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. That's right, all 365 days per year and all 366 days per leap year. And thanks again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story. This week's chapter, chapter 41, will be read to you by listener Danielle Essery. And as I don't have any beginning of the episode housekeeping for you, I am going to kick it over to her to read to y'all chapter 41 of our tale entitled Christmas in Hollis. Enjoy! Season's greetings, tis the podcast family and friends. I am Danielle, and I'm going to be reading this week's edition of Another Christmas Story. I am a longtime listener, fan, and Facebook group member of the Tis the Podcast family. I don't have a Christmas podcast of my own. I am much too technologically challenged for that. So instead of plugging anything in this segment, I'll be taking a moment to encourage you all to be especially kind and gracious with the teachers in your life. A big thank you from this public school teacher. I would like to inform you before we begin that I warned Anthony beforehand that I cannot do any accents, at least not without making y'all cringe and embarrassing myself. So thank you for understanding at my lack of narrational regional intonation now, just like I would say in school, gather around class, please put up your phones, get comfortable and cozy, and let's get ready to read together. This week we will be reading Chapter 41, Christmas in Hollis. December 25th, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Merry Christmas! Slightly tipsy, Emily, Nathan, and Miranda knock their glasses together before downing their shots of tequila. Already their third round of the night. Emily gasped loudly as she slammed her empty glass down on the bar, while Nathan, meanwhile, squeezed his eyes tightly shut. It burns! Miranda, seemingly unaffected, laughed derisively. Typical Americans? You don't know how to properly drink. I'm Canadian? North Americans, then, Miranda corrected. Three of them sat closely together inside of Whiskey Trader, a dimly lit tri-level lounge down the street from Rockefeller Center, not too far of a walk from the Plaza Hotel. It wasn't too far from St. Patrick's Cathedral, either, for that matter. The church bells that signaled midnight and heralded in the start of Christmas Day could be heard from where they sat at the bar countertop, which was completely empty, apart from themselves, and one balding, bearded bartender named Lenny, who was standing at the opposite end of the bar. He hummed to himself as he washed a spotty pint glass with a dirty rag. 
My friends in Newfoundland would be so disappointed in me, Nathan remarked. My province takes such pride in our drinking culture. They'd be ashamed if they saw me now. I'm going to have to build up my tolerance again before I move back home after I retire. I'm surprised by Emily's tolerance, I must admit. Miranda stared at the president, impressed, despite herself. Massachusetts has a pretty big drinking culture itself, actually, Emily winked, which I have been known to partake in every now and then. Actually, she laughed. Every Friday, when I flew home from Washington for the weekend, Bobby would pick me up from the airport, and we'd go to our favorite seafood place, Row 34, right on the waterfront of Boston Harbor. We were like clockwork every week, to the point where whenever we walked in, the staff would have two pints of our favorite beer poured and waiting for us. <sighs> she sighed wistfully. I must admit, I miss those days. Once people get to our level in life, things change for good, Miranda noted wisely, before smacking the surface of the bar and calling loudly, Lenny! Three Jaeger bombs, please. Cheers! Lenny grunted in acknowledgement before placing down his rag and dirty glass and moving to fix the requested drinks. Sighing contentedly, Miranda leaned so far back in her seat that she nearly overbalanced. Oops! Careful, Nathan warned as he placed a bracing hand on the Prime Minister's back. Miranda waved aside the Canadian's concern. I have to hand it to you, Emily. I doubted you at first, but this was a fantastic idea. She was slurring her words now. I can't believe how easy it was for us to ditch our protective details. Keep your voice down. Nathan jerked his head in Lenny's direction, where the bartender stood, making their drinks and throwing furtive glances their way. Emily laughed. The new Secret Service agents are the easiest to work around. They're always a little bit uncertain of procedure and proper protocol. Won't he get in trouble? Nathan asked. Who? David? Emily scoffed. As she waved her hand dismissively through the air in response to the Prime Minister's concern, I won't let anything happen to the poor kid. I'll take full responsibility once we go back. She glanced down at her watch before adding, which should probably be soon. Lenny walked back over to the place where they sat, carrying three pints of beer and three shots of Jägermeister. Here you go, he said in his thick New Zealand accent. As he placed the drinks in front of the three world leaders, as he began to collect their empty glasses sitting in front of them, he noted, You know something? You three look familiar. Do we? Nathan asked nervously, trying his best, and failing, to sound nonchalant, before Emily came to his rescue. Flashing the bartender a confident smile, she said, We get that a lot! Not nearly as much as I would have thought, however, Miranda pointed out. She was referring to the fact that on their walk to the bar from the hotel, slipping and sliding down the icy, snow-covered sidewalks, nobody had recognized them. True, there had hardly been anybody wandering the streets, but those who were didn't spare a second glance in their direction. It shocked the English Prime Minister, who had not expected to be recognized herself, but had definitely expected the President of the United States to be recognized by the people that she governed. Lenny eyed the three of them suspiciously. You're not famous or anything, are you? In the movies or something? Unfortunately not, Emily replied. Then, without missing a beat, she added, but if we were, Meryl Streep and George Clooney would get a lot less work. Lenny let out a booming laugh before walking away and leaving the three of them alone once again, at which point Miranda picked up her beer in one hand and her shot in another, 
holding them high. Ready? Nathan and Emily both nodded, following suit. Right then, one, two, three, down the hatch! The three world leaders dropped their shots of Jaeger into their pints of beer before raising their glasses to their lips and chugging the concoctions in their entirety. Emily, finishing first, slammed her glass on the bar in triumph, beating Miranda, who wiped the foam from her upper lip with the back of her hand, by mere seconds. You Americans and your cold beers, she remarked bitterly. Yes, bye, Nathan exclaimed, when he too finally finished and slammed his glass on the bar. Sorry, he blushed, noticing the bewildered expressions that his comrades were throwing him. It's a Newfoundland expression? My inner Newfie tends to come out the more I drink. Don't worry, Miranda assured him. I'd rather listen to that rip-off Irish accent of yours than have to deal with Emily's Boston accent slipping out, she shuddered. For your information, I thankfully never picked up a Boston accent, Emily replied in a dignified fashion as she pushed her glasses up the bridge of her nose with her entire hand. And even if I did, you're hardly one to talk about accents, Miranda. Yours is becoming thicker by the second. No way. My inner Gordy isn't coming out, is it? The woman asked, surprised, before teasing. I'm Gannon doing the tune, like. Emily and Nathan both laughed at how easily the woman was able to slip into her natural crass accent, neither quite sure of what the expression meant and both silently deciding not to ask. The president turned to glance out of the establishment's front windows, through which she could see that the snow was still falling steadily, but had slowed down substantially. I hope we can fly out of here by morning, she remarked wistfully. I want to be at my daughter's house in time to see my grandbabies opening their gifts from Santa Claus. Nathan nodded before reassuring her. I can relate. Emily glanced at the man sympathetically. Oh, I'm sorry, Nathan. This has got to be even harder on you. Your children are still young enough to believe in Santa. That's fine, Nathan replied. They're with Renee's mother, so I know they're in good hands. I just really wanted to be there when they wake up this morning. I'm just hoping to make it back to London before Christmas Day is through, Miranda sulked. Given the five-hour time difference and the length of the flight, it looks like Jasper and I will be cutting it close. I'm sorry, Emily said quietly, addressing both of them. I truly am. I... Don't apologize, Nathan insisted. What we did today, it was worth the trip. Miranda nodded her agreement before the three of them lapsed into silence, commiserating silently with another. Nonetheless, glancing up at the television sets hanging behind the bar, Emily felt a smile break out across her face when she saw Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer singing and dancing his way across the screen with his elf friend, Hermie. This was always my favorite Christmas special, she said suddenly her voice shaking, both Nathan and Miranda, from their inner thoughts. My daughters, too. Don't get me wrong, we love all those old Rankin-Bass specials, but there's something about the lesson in this one that's always resonated with me, how so-called misfits, people who are underestimated and disparaged by the rest of society, can show their worth and prove their usefulness, how, in the end, they can save the day and make the world a better place, and how we shouldn't be so quick to judge others. Nathan smirked. Easier to relate nowadays, huh, don't you think? Just a little bit, Emily winked. Are you two really overanalyzing and trying to find deeper meaning in a claymation special that's intended for children? Miranda asked with a snort of derision as she pulled her perfume out from within her purse. 
Before she could even uncap it, however, Nathan, feeling emboldened by the alcohol coursing through his veins, begged, Please, don't. Why not, Miranda demanded. You douse yourself in that a hundred times a day. It's too strong. Yes, well, perhaps I wouldn't have to if you two wore some fragrance yourself. The Englishwoman snapped at the Canadian, ignoring his request and spraying a liberal amount of the fragrance onto her neck. Nathan and Emily exchanged an exasperated glance before the latter stared up at the televisions mounted above the bar again. I'm glad that Lenny has been playing this instead of the marathon of a Christmas story. Don't get me wrong, I love that movie as much as anyone else, but does it really need to be shown on a loop for 24 hours? I like a bit of variety. There are so many good Christmas specials. Are there? Miranda sarcastically asked. I can't think of one besides A Christmas Carol. That's always been my favorite. Because you can relate to Scrooge prior to his visits by the ghost of Christmas? Nathan joked, eliciting a laugh from Emily as Miranda rolled her eyes, choosing not to dignify the man's rhetorical question with a response. Glancing down at her watch once again, Emily sighed, We should probably get going, head back to the plaza. We don't want to cause too much of a panic. I imagine it's probably too late for that, Miranda snorted. Besides, I still want my bourbon. Neat. Then we can go. Emily opened her mouth to protest, but the Englishwoman cut her off. This was your idea, Emily, she pointed out with a playful smirk. What difference does one more drink make? Like you said, we deserve this. Besides, your favorite Christmas special is on. She jerked her head at the television screen, upon which Rudolph was now watching the misfit toys sing and dance across our snowy island. We'll leave once it's finished. And before either the Canadian Prime Minister or the President of the United States could argue, she called down the length of the bar. Lenny, three glasses of bourbon, please. Neat, if you would. Cheers. Emily and Nathan exchanged a wary glance, but didn't object. After all, they were the only ones in the bar, and they weren't that far from the hotel. What harm would it do to have one more celebratory Christmas drink? Thanks for that, Danielle. That was awesome. And I especially loved, outside of your amazing reading, your plea to be kind to the teachers in everyone's lives. I want to echo that because teachers have one of the most important, yet one of the most unappreciated and thankless jobs out there. So listeners, take Danielle's advice and be kind to all of the teachers in your lives. But seriously, thanks, Danielle. I am continuously blown away by all of the talented people who have agreed to help me bring my story to life, as I am continuously blown away by all of you listeners who have strapped in for this long year to hear how this story plays out and see where it ends up going. We are nearly at the end now, so I am grateful to each and every one of you who are still listening to this week in and week out. It means more to me than you know. You mean more to me than you know. I've received some wonderful comments and feedback from all of you, so please keep all of that coming. And please, if you are enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds, while tagging streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Hallmark, HBO Max, because ultimately my goal is to either get this published or turned into a movie or miniseries or whatever. 
and you never know what can happen via the power of the internet. After all, The Martian and Fifty Shades of Grey started on people's personal websites and they took off and became phenomenons. So I would like you to get this in front of as many ears as possible if you wouldn't mind helping me do so. Or as many eyes as the case may be, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapodcast.com. And I'm not above bribing you to share my story with others. I have two Hallmark Keepsake 2021 ornaments called Stocking Stuffers Special Edition to give away. They feature a dog, a cat, a rabbit, a hamster, and a bird sitting on a candy cane in a stocking. They're adorably cute, and I posted pictures on our social media pages, so check them out. If you share my story with your family and friends on your social media pages, if you tag streaming services on said posts, you will be entered for a chance to win one of these two ornaments I have. And again, I appreciate whatever help you can do for me in that area. But if you enjoy Tissa Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tizapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, comic books, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month holidays we all love, like Halloween and Thanksgiving, which lead up to the most wonderful day of the year itself. However, as we are officially in November, officially in the thick of the Christmas season, it's all Christmas right now for the most part. And... In addition, our Facebook group has kind of become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts that you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tissa Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of Behind the Bells, the Christmas Podcast Podcast, Seasons Eatings, Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, planning for christmas all of your favorites posted there as well and find all the hosts of said shows that you know and love on the website too always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything we've truly become a mini international christmas family within that facebook group and i know i say it week in and week out but i'm not going to stop saying it because it's true it is seriously the thing that Tom, Julia, and myself are most proud of in regards to what has sprouted up out of this show. And speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash or www.tizapodcast.com slash Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. 
We have dropped one episode per week since the beginning of the Burr months, with no sign of slowing down. So we have two full months of spooky season content, and now that we're in November, you're getting tons of Christmas and Thanksgiving content as well, which will continue right through the end of the year, through all of December. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to consider joining. If you were a patron who has dropped off, now is the time to consider rejoining. There's plenty of stuff up there, so much so it's almost like a separate show running parallel to the main show at this point. There's truly something for everyone, so check it out. All of the money we receive from y'all gets recycled back into Tis a Podcast and helps us put out new swag and improve the quality of the show in general. But there are also other free ways to help the podcast besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Coming up on the show this upcoming Monday, November 15th, we will be covering the brand new Hallmark original Christmas movie, Next Stop, Christmas. And later that same night, we will be recording our episode on the 2003 family holiday movie, Eloise at Christmas Time, with Kim Cooper of Planning for Christmas, which will drop in your feeds on Monday, November 29th. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, November 16th, we will be recording our episode on the brand new Disney Plus sequel that nobody asked for, Home Sweet Home Alone, which will drop in your feeds on Monday, November 22nd. Before that, however, on Thursday, November 18th, you'll get to hear chapter 42 of another Christmas story entitled It's a Most Wonderful Time of the Year which Holly Cuomo of Netflixmas will be reading to y'all. So keep your eyes on your podcast feeds because there's lots of great stuff coming up. Lots of exciting stuff coming up. But that's not the most exciting news we have for y'all today. To reveal that, I'm going to kick it back over to Danielle. We only have 44 days until Christmas. So bake those cookies, build that snowman, watch those movies, wear your best ugly sweaters, and remember that we not only need any joy that can be derived from this Christmas season, but we all absolutely deserve it. Merry Christmas, y'all. Thanks for that, Danielle. And that was such a wonderful sentiment. I'm not going to really add to that. I'm going to leave our listeners with that. So I will just say thank you all again for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are lucky we get to consider you all legitimate friends and so many of you family. Make sure to do your homework. Watch Next Stop Christmas, Eloise at the Plaza, and Home Sweet Home Alone, and we shall speak to you again next week. Bye, y'all. When I see the man
decorate the house with lights at night Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright And the fireplace is the Yule log Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Daryl Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols, Christmas carols. Christmas carols.